Isaiah chapter 35, verse 1 to 10. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that gave way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gash forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool the thirsty ground bubbling springs in the haunts where jackals once lay grass and reeds and papyrus will grow and a highway will be there it will be called the way of holiness it will be for those who walk on that way the unclean will not journey on it wicked fools will not go about on it no lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Good morning and happy new year. It's uh, great to be here. As uh, was said, uh, Pastor Scott and I are switching pulpits today. Um, reminds me of that old reality uh, show, Trading Spouses, all right? Um, it's not quite the same thing, but we're trading churches. He's preaching at the church in Astoria. They are getting the much better end of the deal, I'm sure. But I am glad to be here and to see many of you again. Um, if you don't mind, I'd just like to pray before we look at this passage of Scripture. Father, thank you that it worked out in 2023 that the very first day of this new year would land on a Sunday so that we get to enter this year worshiping you. Thank you for that. And thank you for your word. And we, we ask that you would speak to us from it today. Uh, help me as I speak from your word and help all of us as we pay attention to it. We want to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this passage in Isaiah um, 35 is one of those Old Testament prophecies that foretells the Messianic age, the age of the Messiah. In fact, Jesus himself in uh, I think Matthew 11, Luke 7, there's several places where he alluded to this passage in order to explain 
um, the whole purpose of his ministry. So this, this is one of those places in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that tells us why Christ came into the world. So why did Christ come into the world? Someone says he came to die on the cross, and we would agree with that, right? Someone else says he came to atone for our sins. That's even, that's even better. Or, or you might add to that, he came to establish the church. He came to give us the spirit. All of those things are true, aren't they? The Messiah, the Christ, comes to do all those things. And yet, in, in this passage, Isaiah reminds us that, listen, just as important as anything else he does, Christ came so that you and I might have joy. He came to bring joy to the world. Did you, did you know that, that God wants you, his children? He wants us to have joy? Remember, um, we, we looked at this, uh, I guess, a week ago. We were thinking about the uh, Luke chapter 2, where, where uh, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and the shepherd appears, or the angel appears to the shepherds in the field. Remember, what did the angel say to the shepherds? He said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great theological significance. No, that's not what the angel said. He said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great what? Joy. Isn't that something? He, he came so that we would have joy. It's one of the chief reasons Christ came into the world. Someone says, okay, what kind of joy? And Isaiah, I think, would say two kinds, all right? First, Isaiah says in, in this passage that God wants us, through the Messiah, through Christ, God wants you to have joy today, present joy, no, no matter what you're going through. So if you look at this, this passage, the primary motif of this poem in Isaiah 35 is a picture of people crossing a wilderness, people traveling through the, the hot sands and through the desert, through the wilderness. They're traveling to Zion, to the city of God. Now, um, some ancient readers might have uh, looked at this and, and thought of it as a reference to the Israelites when they left Egypt and traveled through the wilderness to the promised land. Others of them might have read this and, and thought of this as a reference to the Jewish people leaving Babylon and returning home from their exile. But, but either way, it's the same picture. It's a picture of people crossing a wilderness. Let me ask you, have you ever felt like you're crossing a wilderness? Maybe this last year you had moments where you felt like that, where it was, life was just really hard, or you were really lonely, or, or you felt great despair. So sometimes when I, I don't know if you experience this, sometimes when I, I look at social media, I don't, I rarely post anything, but I'll look at Facebook, and, and, and sometimes I get kind of dis depressed because it seems like everyone's family is perfect. You see the pictures with all the smiles and the matching pajamas, and they're in front of the nice tree, and my, my cousin, my youngest cousin this morning, she posted a picture of her family. I think she photoshopped it, but all of them, she, her husband, all the kids smiling in front of a dumpster, <laughs> and she wrote, I just love the honesty of this. She said, 2022 was one of the hardest years of my life. I feel like that whole year should be thrown in the dumpster. So here's a picture of my family. And maybe you felt that way. 
like you're going through a desert. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the picture that Isaiah gives us here. Now, when I'm, when I'm going through a desert time, guess what I'm thinking? I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> I can't wait for this to end. Can't wait for God to bring me through this desert. Get, get me out of here. And, and uh, a lot of people, I've met people that basically live their whole lives thinking that way. So some have uh, described this as destination disease. Have you ever heard of destination disease? That's when uh, you basically go through life thinking constantly, oh, I can't wait till I reach my next destination. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. You know, you're a teenager and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I am so sick of my parents. I can't wait to get out of high school and go to college. Then I'll be happy, right? Then you're in college and you're thinking, oh, I'm so sick of this college. I can't wait to graduate and get a job. Then I'll be happy. You get a job and, and what's next? Oh, I can't, I just wish I were married or I just wish we had kids or I just wish we could buy our own home. There's always something next. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Eventually, you reach my age and you're thinking, oh, I can't wait to retire, you know, and, and then I'll be happy. And here's the problem with destination disease. There's always one more destination, one more. And you live your life this way, and eventually, you know what happens? Eventually, you die. And on your deathbed, you realize you spent your whole life deferring joy for tomorrow. Well, what this messianic prophecy in Isaiah tells us is that Christ did not come merely to get us through the wilderness. Get this over with and get them to heaven, right? Then they'll be happy. No. Isaiah says that Christ comes to make the wilderness itself blossom. Isn't that what he said, verse 1? He said, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. End of verse 6. Water will gush forth where? In the wilderness, streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground, bubbling springs. Now, it's still a wilderness, right? It's still a desert. It's, life is still hard. But he's saying that the Messiah will come so that even while you're in the wilderness, you'll look around yourself and you'll see little places where there are flowers blooming, little places where there's a stream flowing, right? That, in other words, he came, Christ came to bring us joy right now. In uh, John chapter 15, the night before his death, Jesus was teaching his disciples, and he said to them in John 15, 11, he said, I've told you these things so that, what do you think he said next? I told you these things so that someday when you die, you'll go to heaven and be happy. No. He said, I told you these things so that my joy may be in you right now. And so that your joy may be full. You see, one of the reasons Christ came is so that even right now, while we're still in the desert, we look around and we say, oh, the Son of God came to live in this desert with us. Isn't that what he did at his incarnation? So right now we can have joy. There was a, um, one of my heroes of the Christian church is a woman named Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael was a young Irish woman who in, in 1895, at the age of 28, she left her home and went to, uh, to India to work as a missionary. She opened a home for uh, girls and young women to help them escape from uh, sex trafficking. She worked in that home for 55 years till her death, never went back to Ireland, just stayed there her whole life. And the last 20 years of her life, because of an accident that she suffered, 
she spent the last 20 years of her life bedridden in excruciating pain. And during those last 20 years of her life, she still ran this home. She still loved these women. She still, she just, she still just radiated this kind of joy. She wrote most of her poetry and her books during that time of her life. And, uh, and here's one of the things she wrote while she was lying in that bed of pain, joyfully loving people around her. She wrote this. She wrote, if we are revived by grace and filled with the Spirit, we're capable of bearing fruit in season and out of season, in fertile ground and in the desert, when, when life is easy and when it's not. And I think that's part of what Isaiah is saying here. He's saying, listen, when the Messiah comes, he's, he's not saying when the Messiah comes, there will be no more wilderness, right? He's not saying that. He's saying when the Messiah comes, listen, the wilderness will start to blossom. He's not saying that when the Messiah comes, there will be no more, the desert will just disappear. He's saying when the Messiah comes, enters our desert with us, streams will start to flow there. So, so because of this, I think that um, one of the things that believers in Christ need to learn to do, and I'm, I'm still in the process of learning this, all right? One of the things that believers in Christ, we need to learn to do, we need to learn in the desert, to look for the flowers. Just kind of, you know, you know what I mean? You're going through a hard time and just look, look for the streams in the desert. Look for those little, can you think of any in 2022? Little evidence that, oh yeah, God was listening to my prayer. Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm still in the desert, but he did, he did do something wonderful there. Just looking for examples of places where even in the wilderness, the goodness of God is being demonstrated in your life. I wonder if you could think of many things like that right now. There's a, there's a well-known uh, pastor and author named John Mark Comer, and he shares that there was a time in his life when he was just seriously depressed and suicidal. He said he could hardly get out of bed. And one of the things that helped him was he, he trained himself to practice what he calls the spiritual discipline of celebration. Here's how he defines that. He says, this is where you intentionally focus your mind and your body on the goodness of life and the simple pleasures of your life before God. So he describes, first of all, he says there's a sort of outer work that he learned to do, and that involves his body. And here's what he meant by that. He just learned to enjoy a good meal or enjoy a walk in the park or enjoy looking at the sunset. He just learned to enjoy the physical pleasures of life, the very common physical pleasures of life, and just think about how wonderful they are. And then he learned to engage in the inner work. He calls that uh, things like gratitude, releasing the need for control over your life, coming to trust in Jesus, turning your anxiety and sadness over to him in prayer. So he trained himself to do these things. Isaiah would say he, he trained himself to do what? To look for streams in the desert, to just notice where the flowers were blooming. Even if most of the landscape was still barren, just to notice where the flowers were. And here's what John Mark Comer says. He says, I still have a long way to go, but I feel more joyful now than I ever have. There's, there's something about a dedication to the spiritual discipline of delight that changes your inner person and makes you more joyful like Jesus is joyful. So I wonder what would happen to us. What do you think if in 2023, 
we all began to learn little by little to do that, just to really taste a good meal, good hot bowl of chicken soup, and say, ah, so good. Just, just to look at the people around us and think, wow, she's here today. He's here today. I love his smile, right? Just, to, just to, to notice little examples of the goodness of God and then return that to him in gratitude and praise. I need to work on that. I think if I learned to do that, I would notice there's a lot more flowers in my wilderness than I realize, right? Many more examples of what God is doing. One of my favorite psalms. Do you love this psalm? Psalm 103. You know that one where the psalmist starts like this? He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is, it is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He's talking to himself there, right? What's he saying to himself? He's saying, Soul, listen to me. Don't forget the good things God has done for you. Don't, don't overlook them. Learn to notice. Or to use Isaiah's words, look for the blossoms in the desert. So what kind of joy does Christ come to bring us? Isaiah says, well, first he comes to bring you joy today. Then he says, he comes to bring you even greater joy tomorrow. You can have some joy now in this hard life, but listen, through Christ, you can have infinite joy tomorrow. So if you look at this prophecy of Isaiah, this picture of these people crossing this wilderness, traveling through the desert, as they're crossing the wilderness, what happens? Well, the parched land starts to bloom, the streams begin to flow, the burning sand gradually becomes a pool of water. But notice, the people themselves don't start singing until when? until they enter Zion. Verse, verse 10 says, they enter Zion with singing. So the people experience some, some measure of joy, some, some degree of happiness in, in the hard times of life, but they experience the fullness of joy when they enter the presence of God. And, and this is something the gospel tells us. You've heard this phrase perhaps before, that, that it, the work of Christ, the way we experience it right now is already but not yet. Have you heard that before? Christ was born in Bethlehem, so already there is joy in the world. But there is not yet fullness of joy till he comes again. Christ healed people. There is already the healing work of God in this world. But we will not yet see fullness of healing until Christ comes again. Christ has come and conquered sin and conquered death. So we are delivered from sin. Already we are delivered from sin, but we still struggle, right? We are not yet completely delivered until he comes again. And so that's kind of the vision Isaiah gives us here. You walk through the desert and they, the desert is already starting to bloom. There's already some degree of joy. But the people don't start singing until they set foot into the city of Zion. That's when the fullness of joy is there. And that's what Christ comes to do for us. These words of a, a pastor and author named David Mathis hit home with me. He says this. He says, God commands that we be happy in him, and he stands behind that command to help us. But we're never fully happy. Not, not utterly. Not yet. 
Not as long as we remain in these bodies of sin, in this world of suffering with an enemy plotting against us. Not as long as we we are still yet to see Jesus face to face. Only in God's presence is there fullness of joy, and we are not yet in his presence. Only at his right hand do we have pleasures forevermore. Here, Here we have tastes of joy by his spirit through faith, at times great tastes. But we're not yet seated at the banquet table of the new creation. Fullness of joy is not here yet. The greatest joy is still to come. So in Christ, we have some joy right now, even in the, in the wilderness. But when he comes again, when we enter Zion, oh, listen to me. That's when we start to sing. That's when we know joy in its fullness, right? It, right before Christ was to die on the cross, uh, to be taken away from his disciples. Here's what he said in John 16. He said, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but... He said, your grief will turn to joy. Why? Here's what he said. He said, I will see you again. I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. So, according to this vision of Isaiah, what does the Messiah come to do? Well, he comes to bring us joy. Some Joy right now. You don't have to wait till heaven for that. But the fullness of joy when he returns. So what are we supposed to do with this message from Isaiah? Well, he gives us the application, doesn't he, in verse 3 and 4. Here's what he says. He says, strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will Come. I think that's another way of saying, Christian, don't give up. Come on. Don't give up. Strengthen those feeble knees. You see people jogging where they put these bands around their knees. They're like, listen, my knees are about to fall off, but I'm not going to quit, right? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to strengthen those knees, and I'm going to keep jogging on, right? And that's what Isaiah is saying to you. He's saying, listen, even in, in the desert right now, Look around you. Look around you. There's places where it's blooming, aren't there? It's hard. It's dry. It's, it's hot. It's, 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 it's difficult. But there, aren't there some places where you see God at work? Look at you right now. Jesus himself, when he was born, he came into the very wilderness you live in right now. Look around you. There's joy today. But don't give up, he says, because there's much, much greater joy tomorrow. You will enter Zion with singing. At the uh, end of uh, the war in Europe during World War II, the Allied forces had invaded Germany and, and uh, in, the, in the basement of a home in the city of Cologne, they found a spot where somebody very clearly had been hiding uh, from the Gestapo. They don't know who it was. They don't know what happened to this person, but they could tell that someone had been hiding there. And whoever this person was had scratched into the wall of that basement these words that person wrote, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love 
even when I do not feel it. I believe in God, even when God is silent. Maybe right now you're, you're in one of, those, one of those seasons of life where it just feels like God is silent. Maybe right now you're in a, a wilderness. We'll listen to you. Christ came to bring you joy. Now he's with you in this wilderness. And he will come again to make your joy full. I mean, if you think about it, if, if his humble birth in a, in a dirty stable was sufficient cause for angelic beings to burst into song, oh my goodness, what will it be like when he comes again? I'll tell you what it will be like. This whole world, this whole world will be filled with his joy. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you're concerned about more than simply saving us and getting us to heaven. If that's all you were concerned about, we'd be grateful because that's wonderful. But you sent your son so that we might have your joy. When he comes back again, that joy will be full. But I want to pray right now for anyone here, brother or sister or friend, who just needs a taste of that joy now. I pray that you'd help them to see that Christ is with them, that there are little places he is causing the desert to blossom, that you give them the faith to trust in him wholly as their Savior and to wait for that day when he comes again. Do that for all of us, we ask. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.